Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Because every song we we it wasn't that we played a character, but every song was almost by a different character. Oh wow! And uh, a lot of it did break down into just us talking over the music. Look it up, brother. Here's what's gonna go down. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Welcome back to Knowledge Brew Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. And it is I, your host, Dr. John Chansey, and I am back and better than ever. Before we begin today's episode, here's a quick ad from show sponsor Sleeves Sold Separately. Greetings. This is Dr. John Chansey, host of Knowledge Brew Supreme. And I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite products in the fitness game, our new show sponsor, Sleeves Sold Separately. Sleeves Sold Separately is a brand of athleisure clothing for men who train hard and also want to look good while doing so. The clothes that these wonderful folks make are an absolute game changer. Their products are designed and manufactured in the United States, out in Los Angeles, and they are shipped directly to your home. Sleeve Sold Separately offers a wide variety of athleisure clothing, such as the Wife Lover tank top, their classic sleeveless hoodie, their Lungeman shorts that come in both four and six inch seams, and so much more. My personal favorite from Sleeve Sold Separately is their take on the classic jogger bottoms, except theirs is called the Sprinter. Sprinters come in several colors. And even before they were a show sponsor of Knowledge Brew Supreme, I bought multiple pairs in black. I've got a gray pair, a teal pair of the Sprinters, and I wear these daily. Uh, so please check them out. Visit their website at sleevesoldseparately.com. My listeners of Knowledge Brew Supreme can get 15% off your order from Sleeve Sold Separately using the promo code KNOWLEDGE15. That's all one word, KNOWLEDGE15. So please check out Sleeve Sold Separately, use the promo code, and thank me later. Take care. Bye. My guests for today's episode of Knowledge Brew Supreme are the one and only the Limp Wizards. I've got the whole band here. I've got Frankie, Jeff, Taylor, and Rodrigo, the full band experience. So just a little bit of background here. Uh, uh, Limp Wizards are an alternative punk band from Norman, Oklahoma. They formed back in 2012. They played regionally and nationally throughout the, that time span. Uh, and they've also have a couple newer albums this year that are worth mentioning. They've got a, uh, an a album, a full length studio album called Vile that released back in January. They also have a live album called CLM Live Presents Limp Wizards. You can find those both on Spotify. You can probably find them in other places as well. I'll make sure to plug that. But the reason I have these guys on today, I am just absolutely thrilled to have this band on because their music just really hits home for me uh, in, a, in a personal, in a big way. Because when I was, a, you know, maybe teenager, junior high, high school, even going into like my early college years, I was just a huge fan of, of punk, of alternative punk, pop punk, whatever way you want to describe it. And when I was doing some research about these guys to get ready for this interview... 
it just put me in this nostalgia, like way back machine of my, of those glory days, those pop punk days. And like, they reminded me a lot of my favorite bands. Like, I don't know, Taking Back Sunday was one of the first bands that came to my mind, just listening to you guys. So that was a lot of fun. Now I get to talk to you, which is even more fun. So with all that, welcome to Knowledge for Supreme. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having us. First of all. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I'm glad we could we could get this we could get this set up. You guys were interested in in kind of getting out there doing some podcasting, so I'm happy to be uh, one of the ones to to record with you guys. So I guess what I'm really curious to start with is I want to go back to to 2012. I mean that that's you know 11 years ago. That's that's pre COVID. That seems like a whole another lifetime ago. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious, like as a band, like take me back to that time. Like how did you guys come together? kind of what's your origin story like and also maybe like what was Norman like back then I mean I lived in Norman during that time but you all probably have a different perspective maybe on the music scene or what that was like versus what I what I remember definitely uh yeah uh we just kind of <laughs> formed I guess like any other band does in high school age time period where like me Frankie and Rod went to middle school and high school together and we played in various bands together. Uh, not always the three of us at the same time. Well, at the same time, I'm me, Taylor, I'm from Oklahoma city and Jeff is from Oklahoma city. So I've known Jeff since like kindergarten and we went to the same daycare together. Yeah. So I'm playing in these bands with Frankie and Rod and then me and Jeff kind of, I don't know. We were, we were, making songs on the weekend in Jeff's room under the name Limp Wizards, but we never thought it was going to leave the Jeff's bedroom. Yeah, it was, it was something to do, you know, like a, a long weekend or whatever. And we'd just be up there. We always would make dumb songs anyways. And so then we were like, well, why not record it? We have an old rock band microphone. With like a USB <laughs> yeah. input, go straight into Audacity. Oh yeah, dude. And, uh, but the, don't get this was not high art. This yeah, was no, like, no. These songs were like a mixture of, I guess, like Tenacious D and uh, <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. It was like intentionally wow. bad. Like, yeah, it was. It was made corny, over the top. Yeah, made with like, the thought of this being ridiculous. It was like satire. That's the best way. Yeah, it was like satire, satire. music. And uh, like Jeff said, my mom would drop me off at his house on like a Thursday night or a Friday night, and I'd stay till Sunday or Monday we'd have all that time and we just make these songs that were like giant inside jokes between me and him. And then. And how we eventually played a show and that's when Frankie and Rod were brought in. Cause it's like, well, if we're going to play a show, we need to be an actual band. Can't just well, have, can't just have a guitar and a drummer. Well, we our show. The parish. The parish. Yeah. We did that at uh, the charity yeah. show. We raised like 600, uh, $700 for uh, a sport organization. In Oklahoma City. What's funny is when I met Taylor and we started playing music together, I played bass and he played drums. Yeah. <laughs> and then now I play drums and he plays bass. I, I taught Rod his first drum I taught Rod his first drum beat and I remember him asking me, like, how do I do this? And I was like, I just showed him like the simplest beat. And I'm not really a drummer, but I remember thinking I was like, dude, he's never gonna be a like a drummer. Like he's he's a he's a guitarist. <laughs> Doesn't have what it takes. You know, like, drummers are, drummers are born. They're not made. Like it's drums are kind of a hard instruments to pick up. You know, like I said, I'm not. I don't really have it. I'm not a drummer. I can keep the beat, but I'm not a drummer. 
and he shreds on guitar too. That's yeah, it. and now look at him. Now he's a drummer and a guitarist. So that's kind of how we formed. Just out of necessity, almost we needed Frankie and Rod to bring us together, and they did that. And I had met Frankie and Rod uh, previously before that, and you know, just we were all, yeah, we were, we were all, all friends, anyways. We were all but doing, yeah, then it was like, stuff. hey, you know what would be fun is if we played this show, we can get on and. Like, well, you know, it was, it was, even then it was still kind of like, oh, this will be a goof. Like we wore bicycle helmets and like dressed ridiculous. And, but then it was like, oh man, all our friends showed up. That was actually really cool. And slowly that turned into, well, what if we weren't joking all the time? What if we did slowly write a song or something? And even then, like Taylor said, it wasn't like high art or nothing, but that's how yeah, it eventually morphed into it. And that's why we're stuck with the stupid name Lump Wizards. Too. <laughs> <laughs> okay i love it so yeah I, what i what i really love in, about that is uh now you know uh anytime i start to type uh uh if i type li into, into spotify you guys and limp biscuit are like the first thing that come up yes. <laughs> and i think my because I search, I search you guys enough now you're ahead of limp biscuit at least on my search let's go yeah, let's you hear that friend <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go um, so what I'm curious, I've got all of you together. And so I, I really am, you know, as a band, I know you spend a lot of time together, whether it's writing music, practicing, playing music, you know, you know, on tours, things like that. Like, how do you guys, when it happens, how do you guys deal with conflict? Like, and has that changed since, you know, 2012? I imagine you've all kind of evolved and grown in different ways, but how does that look as a band as far as when, maybe when conflict happens? <laughs> I like how everyone's, it, it doesn't change. Everyone's looking at me. I'm normally the source of conflict, I feel like. I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely one of you. We've talked about this recently, too. It's, and I think we've said it before, it, it, to a certain extent, you know, it helps being such good bodies with everyone and it, like genuine friends. Because I have no problem telling him to, you know, whatever. Shut the hell yeah, up. Yeah, shut the hell up. <laughs> and then he just the same as like, no, you you know, whatever the case is, we can cuss each other out. And then usually afterwards, it's like, I'm sorry, dude, I was being dumb, bro. That was, you know, whatever. <laughs> so the conflict is still there. And we still sometimes deal with it the same way, <laughs> the same way too. I, I think big picture, it's like, you know, at some point you just realize like, man, these this is my ride home. I better like. <laughs> <laughs> I better make sure that it's okay, you know, otherwise. But I, I think definitely, like, just in terms of how we deal with it, it's almost always on the head in the moment. Yeah. For yeah. better or worse, sometimes it gets heated and I might act like an idiot or <clears throat> I don't know. But it's always it's always on the head. We we don't really. Yeah, usually nothing lingers. It's, that's what I was trying yeah. to say. Nothing lingers for more than a week. After a week, we've either got it figured out or we just move past move, it and forget about it. And it's it. honestly usually not even like a, a big thing. It's more of a frustrate, like a frustration thing. Or it's like, well, I didn't like that riff. But then I'm like, well, I wrote the damn thing. So what's up, dude? And then <laughs> it's just stupid stuff. And then afterwards, it's like, yeah, that riff did kind of suck, down it? And I, <laughs> so it's never like a serious deal. For the most part. But on the contrary, Frankie's pretty good at, he's always been like a mediator for me. Like he's, I mean, he has an engineering degree. He kind of has like an engineer. So he's, he's real. Frankie's logical and I'm more driven. I'm purely driven by emotion most of the time. And Frankie has always been good with me at being like, Hey, step back for a second. Like, it's not right. that, it's not that serious. We just need a solution. We don't need to look at the problem. We need to look at a solution. And he's right. So that's, well, I, I think, yeah, to piggyback on that, I think that's how, like, I've changed, is it used to, like, make me mad. I'd be like, how are you not having fun playing music? Like, <laughs> how, are, how is this not fun to you? It would, like, piss me off. And now I'm like, you know, now, like, you know, every, 
yeah, like Taylor said, everything's got like uh, we we can we can we can do it to where everybody's happy, you know, because that's what we're that's what it's supposed to be is us having fun and finding a solution. So that's cool. Yeah, and I think if the solution always is, hey, are we having fun? Let's get back to having fun. You know, that's probably yeah. good for the band. That's probably good for the culture. Uh, for sure, I think so. I think it's allowed us to be a band this long because, like, I've seen so many people like start bands and they get so focused on it being successful, whatever success means to them. It's like me and Frankie have talked about this a lot lately about how like the ego can be good or bad. And everyone has both of those things. And it's easy to like, you know, we've been a band for 11 years and there's times where I'm like, why are we not like Metallica, dude? What are we doing wrong? (laughs) And I back up. I'm like, dude, and I go, it took Pantera 12 years. I'm just like, you know what? None of that that matters. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter how many people are at the show. It doesn't matter if we sell anything. It doesn't like, it just matters if we're having fun. So even if we lose money, if we're having fun, then it doesn't matter. And you, you just got to get over that part of your ego and just swallow your pride sometimes and realize like, hey, man, like we had a bad show, but just next show will be better, you know? So yeah. that's that's a really healthy attitude. I like that a lot. Very positive. Um, so another thing. So you guys have been together as a band since, you know, 2012, 11 years now. I mean, from what I understand, like your music, you've been putting together music that more or less like predates what we consider you know streaming now i don't know if spotify was around then it, maybe it was but it's nowhere like it is now like streaming is now so, <laughs> so what i guess i'm curious is like how has music the way it is consumed as far as streaming you know that being the big metric now for what seems like musical success if that's what it is i guess how does that affect the way the music that you guys put together or write do you is that something you even watch or monitor as far as like streams or is that just one of those things you were just going to make the music and whatever, like kind of like you're saying, whatever makes us happy. And that's really what matters most. Me and Frank were actually talking about this today when <clears throat> I first got here about uh, uh, us getting CDs, even like a physical copy for a record. And it's like, well, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where I want to have it, but at a certain point there, it's almost like a souvenir now, you know, it's like, Someone's going to chunk it in their car. They, they might listen to it. Sure. But everyone's going to jump on Spotify. And yeah, I, I keep up. Like if, if, if we play a cool show or something, it's cool. You get on there. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's a little bump. Okay. The numbers bumping up a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it is tough because, you know, I, I feel weird sometimes telling everybody to buy a CD, but also listen to the songs on Spotify. <laughs> well, um, and then in the writing, sorry to cut you off, but we were talking too about like even just approaching like how you're saying writing songs. You know, it's very singles-driven. So now it's like, okay, do we want to put out a full link? Because, I mean, that's what I would prefer to do. Like, it's fun. And it's all that energy put into this one thing that you get to release. But if you want to really continuously have a a footprint kind of thing, it's like, well, you need to put singles out. And so it does definitely dictate maybe not how we write the songs, but the format or how you want to release the songs. Sure. Just yeah, but the I don't that. think I think there are artists out there. I know without a doubt there are. There are people that can like they can make songs that they know will hit on streaming. They know people will like oh, for sure. I'm gonna write this chorus and people will clip it on TikTok and like that. That's an art in itself. Like I know a couple people. Oliver can, Tree, one of the, I love yeah. Oliver Tree, and he's a fucking mastermind. At he just writes a catchy hook and he's like spam TikTok, and next thing you know, it's like. Uh, every other video is playing the song, you know. So yeah, that, that, that's yeah. a good point. It, it's like I don't think uh, I don't bash on people that do that though, because like if I could, 
if I had the time and energy and the want to do that, like, I think that's an art form in itself of being able to just be like, I'm going to get something that's stuck in everybody's head all the time. Sure. But I think just as a band, that's not really what we do, but that, that wasn't a thing when we started and it is now it's almost like a, uh, a weird like cavern of the music, a scene in itself right. of the music industry. Now people just making music for the purpose of it to be like clip go viral, go viral, you know? And I had the same thing like with like a band camp and like a SoundCloud, like there was a time where all the SoundCloud rappers are, you know, that was the avenue. It's like, well, you got to hit off on SoundCloud first. And then from there, you know, you get picked from here or there, but yeah, I don't know the progression. It's, it, it's, it's weird maybe, but I mean, I, I feel like it's natural too. It's like, sure. you know, I think that, I think that we could also look at just like the correlation between us, like actually paying attention to some of these things a little bit more too, you know, as we've gotten a little bit older for sure. Uh, you know, maybe it is, uh, maybe there is uh, part of a trend, but also I just think that like we actually give a shit a little bit more. So <laughs> yeah, sure. maybe we you know, we're actually paying attention to. So. Then one last thing to pick you off that, that I have to say is like for a while, probably until fairly recently, I would get like, I'd get jaded and be like, man, like, why can't this blow up? You know, whatever, this is catchy, isn't it? And then, but I've kind of realized like those streams, like they'll get you money and they'll get you attention, but it doesn't always cross over into like real life success. Like uh, I can't think of any time this has happened off the top of my head, but I know it does where it's like, yeah, you might have a million plays on a song, but that doesn't mean people are going to come out to your show or you might only have 5,000 plays on a song and, you know, you could pack a venue out, you know, three times a month. And so there's like a sweet balance just because you have streams doesn't mean you're going to have people out there actually watching you and vice versa, you know? So it's easy to get in your own head these days with social media and you just gotta, you just gotta ignore it, but pay attention to it. You know, if that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. It's a fine balance. And that's actually a pretty good um, segue because I wanted to bring up one of your singles or one of your songs at the top of Spotify currently uh as of this morning uh the song jeff's checkers is your most listened to song and it's a really good song i listened to it this morning listened to it a few times kind of in preparation for this interview but why do you think that one in particular uh resonates so strongly with your fans with your listeners because i think that one's it's a few years old and you you know you have new music out but this one still is at the top of the list so what is it about this song do you think that really sticks out yeah, no, uh, on that question, I, I think first that that song specifically, uh, it, it had a great music video to support it, too. Uh, and uh, that was released right before, was that 1603 as well? No, Duke State. Duke State. So, yeah, that, that was right off of another album that I felt like it's kind of cool uh, to progressively feel like you're always doing like your best stuff. And at that time, I felt like that was some of our best stuff. I don't know. I thought the video really helped it along. And uh, I know the riff is really catchy. These guys might have a better opinion. I just, I'll just be straight up. Like, I think, I, I think we release songs that are as good, maybe even a little better in some ways than Jeff's Checkers. But as a song, like I was talking about pop songs get stuck in your head. That's one of the best earworm songs we have from like a vocalist perspective. In my opinion, I'm like, yo, that, that song is, it's catchy. It's a, it's a good song. Um, but also it's been out a lot longer than Vile has, you know? True. So I think if we gave, if we gave Vile another year, just the record, we, uh, I think some of those songs that might start balancing out, but yeah, that, that one's been out for like six years. So, um, we, I don't know. What do you we think named, 
We named it after Jeff's shoes. He, <laughs> he always wore checkered uh, bands. Checkered bands. bands. Checkered oh, straps. It's got it's got kind of a cool story to you know. Rod and I actually wrote um, the instrumentation for a lot of that song in high school. Um, we were jamming together, uh, just just me on guitar, him on uh, drums. We ended up bringing that back in like what 2015 or 2016, and yeah. um, it made it in the recording cycle then. And um, yeah, you know, to piggyback off what Jeff was saying, the the music video I think really helped too. Uh, it sticks out in a lot of people's minds. They they go, yeah, I saw the, the the video with you guys in the weird costumes, and I'm like, it was done really well. We actually got to do it at OU uh, nice. on the giant infinity wall up there, and uh, yeah, I know the, the film, the film school. That song too, uh, compared to a lot of the stuff off that record at the time, it was like, I mean, you can make out everything. You know, there are some harder songs that maybe not everyone's into, like some fast punk stuff, or maybe they only wanted to hear the. I don't know it. It, it seemed accessible too. I don't know. It's a good song. Like it. It's a. It doesn't lean one way or another. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of in the middle. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Cool. So, well, let's let's move forward a little bit in time to to Vile because not only I I you know love the whole album. I thought it was great, but there was one song in particular that stood out to me, and it's a song called Tope Suicida. Um, <laughs> and now this might be now I had a conversation about this topic a little bit before we started recording maybe this is a more you know a jeff specific question but all of you please feel free to to, to weigh in so you know i'm taking you know if you can't tell this is not a video podcast but right now jeff is wearing a wrestling hat aew the song title tope suicida is a move from professional wrestling so have as as i'm just curious like you know, uh, Jeff, you're really, you like professional wrestling, the rest of the band, you guys, you, you guys maybe, maybe not like it as much, but you tolerate it at least. Do you, does, is there ever any instances where like professional wrestling, that kind of swagger, promo cutting, anything like that, does that show up in your music? Does that show up in your performances anywhere? Like when you're in front of a crowd, you know, do you ever find uh, you're, you know, maybe trying to pull in some of your favorite uh, uh, callbacks or anything like that? I think 100% on a live performance. Uh, Taylor's usually our promo guy. And that's what he doesn't like wrestling, but he does it every week, you know, like at least the, the promo side of things, whether it's the comedy ridiculous or like the serious, let's, you know, get up to the front and tear it down or whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm a huge wrestling fan. Like I said, we, we talked a little before. And uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to have something like a something to kind of hint towards that yeah because it's something i love you know uh colt cabana he's had us on his not like we weren't on his podcast but he actually used uh, jeff checkers yeah he played that one uh he did an interview with uh, i think priscilla kelly and at the time it was during covid and he was you know trying to help just everyone he's like well here send your stuff in and if we like it we'll try to get you on an episode (laughs) so after that i was like man i uh, we got to continue this. And then, of course, I sent it to Colt. I ain't heard nothing yet, Colt, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but I, yeah, I definitely in the in the live performances from these two guys, they're pretty uh, over the top in a good way. And I do see, you know, interestingly enough, I did, that that's probably the best comparison <laughs> for like some of the, the early stuff. Uh, yeah. You, know, you guys trying to do like it's more like the, you know the WrestleMania, just crazy scenarios <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jeff, very you, early. Could Elba. you segue? Like, 
I, I never thought about it like yeah. that, but our early, early music, and it was just me and Jeff, was very comparable to like the, the braggadociousness and just the craziness and the performativeness of, of wrestling. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Because every song we, we, it wasn't that we played a character, but every song was almost by a different character. Oh, wow. And uh, a lot of it did break down into just us talking over the music. Listen up, brother. Here's what's going to go down. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. For sure. We had songs like, uh, nah, never mind. <laughs> We're not going to release that. Biggest, baddest. Yeah, bi- yeah, biggest, baddest motherfucker you ever did see. That was a character. Uh, Android Brothers from Outer Space. Just dumb I like 30,000 cigarettes. Lethal military assault. It's very over-the-top <laughs> wrestling type stuff. Well, no, I mean, just the Gary Clint EP in and yeah. of itself. You guys are like the newscasters. Nah, yeah, we made a whole EP about Gary England. So, I don't know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, local weather newscaster Gary England. <laughs> retired now but he's on he's on cameo isn't he yeah he might is be. he doing cameo now i don't know <laughs> anyway. there, you go. there you go all right i think this is actually would be a good time to take a quick break to hear from our second show sponsor but i still have plenty of questions for limp wizards coming up so uh hang tight we'll be right back all right so my wonderful sponsors at barnana chips were so kind uh, to send me a care package with some wonderful snacks and wonderful chips of various kinds, different snacks to try. And I've been saving one for a while that I've been, been dying to try. And it's the organic plantain chips, spicy mango salsa, their kettle cook style chips. So I'm going to do a live uh, first try, a live taste. Uh, and you can get my instant reactions to these chips. I've been dying to try these chips. And here we go. Open up the bag. Give a smell test. Ooh, ooh! I can smell the the sweetness, the the, the spiciness. Okay, here we go. First chip. Oh yeah, oh yeah! I like that a lot. Is the flavor is a little subtle? The spice is kind of subtle, but you can taste the sweetness of the mango right away. But that spicy mango kind of the salsa. Um, kind of creeping up in the back. I can feel the spice in the back of my, the back of my mouth right now. It's really good. Um, it's not overpowering the mango, the sweetness, but the salsa taste together, not overpowering, but a nice kick, you know, um, be good to have a glass of water with these, but I'm not feeling like, oh my God, I absolutely have to rush out and drink a glass of water right now. I like that, that subtle spice, uh, and it combined with the sweetness. So let me give another chip. Good stuff. Good stuff. So check these out. They're Barnana spicy mango salsa. They're kettle style chip. It's fantastic. I would give it like an 11 out of 10. I don't know. Is that fair? But check it out. Thanks, Barnana. All right, so I'm here uh, interviewing a musical, or excuse me, actually, I'm going to redo that. Three, two, one. All right, and we're back uh, with Limp Wizards, um, talking all things about their music, kind of their origin story, talking about some of their songs. Now I want to get into some some other questions I have. So, you know, I mentioned at the top, at the top of the show, like when I listen to your music, especially Vile, especially going back to Fugue State, like those those albums and some of the songs they heard, you know, they really took me back to a lot of the music I enjoyed growing up. 
um, pop punk, alternative punk, all that, all of that, that fits under that very large umbrella. Um, so thinking about it today, like what musicians either currently or historically have influenced your music? Like, are there bands specifically from that genre, that umbrella of music that really resonate with you guys? Yeah, yeah, I, I think we all have different answers. You, yeah. you, you, you want to just go one, one at a time. You go down say, the line. Okay. I think we can go down the line twice. You say one, when I say one, Jeff, and then, right. go, and then come back. So, Rod, you say two. You say two. Yeah, we're doing. Oh, the serpentine. Drafts. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'll start. I'll, I'll start first, and I'll just say, you know, uh, probably like Nirvana. Nirvana is a, a a good one for me. Uh, Taylor. Uh. Jeff Rosenstock is a big one for me personally. Yeah. I think I'm the only one, only one in the band who's super into Jeff. But you like Jeff, okay? Yeah, like really, like really him. good power pop. I love his music. Uh, what about you, Jeff? As far as playing guitar, uh, definitely Darren Malakian from System of a Down. Uh, I, I mean, that was that's what kind of got me into playing. That was the the stuff I like, real chuggy, heavy, sweeping stuff. Yeah, uh, as far as like a player. I would say Darren uh, Malakian from System of a Down. Nice. And then me. So I moved here from Mexico, and the first rock band I ever heard and listened to was Taking Back Sunday. Nice. Oh, hey. so, nice. Yeah. So they're definitely a big influence with me. And then I'd say now, I don't know. I was like hardcore music. Like listening to like Code Orange and stuff, just listen to their drummer. Is he's a crazy drummer, and hopefully one day I can play like that. You know, <laughs> nice. But yeah, I think Code Orange would be my second. Yeah, I would go ahead and then just go ahead and encompass all of like the early two thousand Green Days, Sum Forty One, Blink One Eighty Two. Hell, I was Good listening. Charlotte. Good char I was listening to "More Balls Than Most" by uh, Simple, uh, Simple Plan the other day. Even oh, uh, yeah. So just encompass all of those bands too. Yeah, that's fair because because they, yeah, obviously, obviously every you know everyone grew up listening to Green yeah. Day or Blink. Pick your band. So you I, like at least right. one of them. I can remember listening to American Idiot. I got it for Christmas, and I remember laying on the couch with my Walkman and the headphones, and like that was the first time I was at you know I was young, and I was like. Oh my goodness! You know, it's like this is it. This is it, man. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say just encompass all those. Oh, we are. <laughs> Let's think one more from Taylor. I want to say one, but I think Frankie's going to say it, so I'm going to save it for him. You say it. I don't care. Uh, probably title fight. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah. Title <laughs> fight's a big one. They were a huge influence on us. Uh, Frankie. Uh, gosh, yeah. I don't know. Stuff. I mean. Uh, I've been telling a lot of people lately that uh, we kind of we've we've kind of been going down that Jimmy world like uh, path a little bit. That's that's kind of the vibe I get whenever I listen to Vile for sure. And some of the stuff we've been working on now is a Jimmy world type. Uh, it's a good comparison. Vibe, aesthetic, yeah. like pop punk, but a little more on the emotional Maybe side. More emo, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also, I, I'll throw one more out there and I'll say Black Flag. You know, I think for a little while we were, we kind of, we were kind of encompassing a little bit of that energy with our, with our 1603 release and uh, probably a year or two playing on that. Because uh, I used to be a standalone vocal, or, well, Frankie played bass and I played guitar, 
but play guitar half. I play guitar half the set. So when I was off the mic, I did move around more like a Henry Rollins, like a a traditional hardcore vocalist would do. And then that just changed over the years. And now I play bass and Frankie plays guitar. So I never hop off the bass. Well, he but... started going GG Allen and we had to shut it down. Thanks, said enough of that. No. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> Um, so, you know, as a band, you've been together for 11 years, you still seem like you're excited, you know, about music, about being together, you're still practicing, but I'm curious, like, what are your long, long-term goals as a band? Like what, what's, uh, you know, where do you guys see yourself? I don't know, 11 years from now. Hopefully still doing it. Yeah. yeah I always joke. Capacity. People, I'm like, we'll probably keep playing until either someone has kids or someone uh, gets a serious job and has to move or something that we're all still here. I don't, I don't see a scenario where someone just like, yeah, I don't want to do it. Even though you just live down the street from me, like, you know, <laughs> right. Um, but man, that's hard. Cause like when you're younger, you have these clear set goals that you want to do. You want to make it, you want to make it, you know, like Rod just said, and uh, I still do, but like I was saying earlier, like, your ego you have to realize like man like making it might just be being able to play music right being and able to still have fun with you it know. and do it on your own do it on your own schedule What's that thing uh, remember brandon from dear people he yeah. said something you said something to me yeah it was basically like he'd rather be a legend in his community than basic than basically like to just try and keep making it yeah because it's like a rat the, the idea of making it's like a rat race like you never really i don't know i don't know like if you can stay if you can stay happy like i, I would i would prefer to stay happy and not make it by traditional standards than to like really just chase a dragon and become unhappy and still not make it or make it and be unhappy you know sure i would say like i kind of said earlier in the interview about progressively every album i'm like man this is our best stuff and so it's like, if we can continue to still write music where I'm like, this is some of our best stuff we've done. And then we're able to go play it. We're, uh, we're about to shoot up to Denver for a little weekend run. You know, even like, even just being able to go do stuff like that. It's not the, it's not the two week tour or the month long tour we wish we could go do right now. But it's still like, you know, it's like, we can still do what we want to do. Just like I said, uh, like to answer your question, I guess yeah. Like uh, eleven years from now, if I could still be playing music, and maybe even sustain myself by playing music, like that'd be great. Or even just still doing it. We're still writing good stuff. We're still having fun. We're still are because we talk about goals all the time as a band, especially here recently after this release because of COVID and we can't play forever. Right before that, we dropped an album that we didn't get to support at all, and then that that's kind of depressing. Like. Oh, all that work and then it, it just seems like it disappeared almost because your new album you want to talk about your new record and we spent all that time into it that it, i didn't want to be like all right the record's out and then now we're back to like this stale stagnant uh we play like a local show a couple times out of the year and that's it you know yeah we didn't want to <laughs> do wanted that want to do a little bit more so sure but I don't know, concrete long-term goals, like everyone just said, just keep playing music, you know, and what happens, happens. A little more short-term goals, yeah, we're hoping to be putting some music out. Uh, you know, next year or so, you know, we want to follow up Bile with um, 
maybe some smaller releases, but that's kind of the, the kind of the goal right now. I'll be pushing for earlier than next year. So you heard it here first, Pete. <laughs> I love it. All right. Okay. And if not, we're bringing the smack down, Frank. <laughs> I think another, I, I think another short term goal we got to work in there is got to get one of your songs as an entrance song for, for somebody. Yes. Like, I don't know who, maybe, Orange, maybe next time Orange Cassidy needs a song or John Moxley or somebody like, I don't know. I actually, Jungle Boy. I actually tweeted Jungle at Brian Cage not too long ago. Uh, because he was talking about an entrance theme. And I was like, bro, you already know I got you. And then, of course, I, I switch over to the main, and I'm like, it, retweet. Hell yeah, they're really good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm um, all over it, man. Trying. So my next question is is a little more, it's kind of piggybacking off the previous question, but in a little more obscure way. And I ask this question usually of everybody who comes on the show, because I try to talk with creative people, whether it's musicians, artists of all sorts. Um, so I'm really curious how you respond to this. But as musicians, when do you feel the most creative? Like together, is it when you're writing songs together? Or is it like, like for example, I, I interviewed an actor recently and he talked about like, it's when he, he knows his lines, but then he gets on stage and he gets to really perform in front of people. That's when he feels the most creative, when he can have a little more flexibility, you know, in doing the things he knows he can do. So I'm curious, is there a moment during the musical process, whether it's writing, performing, practicing, whatever, when you can really just feel the, the creative juices are flowing, you're in the flow state, so to speak? Uh, I would say performing for me. I love it. I, I don't know, being on stage and just performing our songs and then just seeing the reaction from the crowd, whether there's people stage diving or not, like it's just a good, good time. You know, I really enjoy it. Sure. Sure. How you brought up maybe about the writing. It's, I felt like we recently even like, we kind of been talking about that too, whether it's Taylor, he does most of the lyric writing and, uh, he has his own way of that, but like writing new songs, for instance, like there's certain stuff that, uh, cause normally we've always written as a band. Uh, that's what we've done mostly with vile, but then like here recently, even it's like, well, maybe I have a riff and I'll show Frankie. And, uh, cause maybe it, I think it fits kind of like his playing style to where we can have a more kind of like fully fleshed, uh, uh, example to show the guys instead of me just like playing like part of a riff that I was coming up with. And it, it works vice versa with all the other guys too. Uh, Frankie was out of town and that's when we really hammered down and worked on some stuff too. So I don't know. And that's kind of a new thing I think for us is, well, it's like, it's not a bad thing to like not go in like groups or whatnot, but we have like teams within yeah, the band. Teams almost. within. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And then of course there's still times to where, we we do write a lot of like musically most of that even if it's like well i we kind of came up with this riff it, it always gets finished like the pie gets baked with all the chefs in there at the very end you know what i'm saying well i like uh, that. and that get their input or but then like what rod was saying like i feel like i'm at my most happiest when we play and i was talking to frankie about this the other day about how there's time like before every single show no matter even if i know it's gonna be a good show i'm like before I'm like, dude, no one's gonna show up. Everyone hates us. 
like we're probably gonna suck like i just i freak out and but then when we play even if it is like a quote-unquote bad show and, and like you know the vibe's not great i'm up there and i look around and i'm like dude i'm doing something feel, feel good in the moment feel good and you just like you know most humans don't get to do this no. you know even in some dive bar most people don't get to play in a band or let alone a band with their best friends for 11 years so that's when I feel it my best. But as far as flow state, me personally, I, I get it in the studio, probably to my detriment. Because when I get in the studio, it's like I start sitting there and I'm like, well, we could do this. We could add a harmony. We could uh, we can scratch this and make it twice as long. You're, you're trying to be like Jay-Z or Eminem in the yeah. studio. He wants to control the time crunch. Yeah. So I, I really get in a good state in the studio. But I say it's to my detriment because I almost paralyze myself where nothing gets done because i'm like keep adding to keep changing it keep changing it and then before you know it like you've changed 50 things that's not even the same so there's a balance to be had there but that's my personal take and yeah i'll I'll finish off and just say you know i feel feel like it just comes in waves uh you know you're not you're not always gonna uh hear or play the the right notes on the guitar uh, that just fit just perfectly, you know, but I, I'm also a big believer of kind of like uh, just just kind of, you know, pick up the guitar every day, sort of the, the brute force approach of just play every day and you'll have something that'll come along eventually. But yeah, I mean, probably just, you know, making making a point to uh, set time aside and, and write, you know, if I can kind of mentally prepare for for that, I feel like, you know, I can be in a better creative creative space that way. But yeah, Frankie, I just moved out of his place, but we lived together for the past four, three and a half years, three, four years, whatever. And I could hear Frankie just every day, just in there, just playing. And sometimes he'd play the same shit every day for days on end. And I'd just be like, he's playing the same thing over and over. But it's cool because then like six months later, I'll hear him incorporate one of those riffs into a song. And I'm like, oh, that's why he worked on it every and like, you know, I, I'm guilty of it. Like, I don't pick up my guitar enough. And Frankie's really good at just callousing himself and kind of like a runner frankie is a runner but like a runner like they just go out and run even if it's not their best run he does it every day and i think all musicians should do that and i'm guilty of not doing it but that's an important part of the process i think what's a it's a new dynamic too with this is the first record with frankie fully on guitar like i said he used to be mainly bass on all the previous records so that dynamic in itself you know like we all have different styles of what we play and stuff so it's like i might bring something really chunky opposed to something you know different that it's like water it's been fun learning to play like it, it is a new approach because it's like i'm learning to play with frank on guitar opposed to me and taylor played for years and and i don't know but i i think that's why i feel so strong about this new record too is because i hear it and i'm like man that that shit worked <laughs> like yeah. we figured it out yeah, we did a good job. <laughs> well you know it's it's fun to not try you know we're we're, we're trying to not step on each other's toes musically you know it's like we're trying to trying to fill the space but not have it too filled you know so not too busy trying to trying to find our role roles a little bit and i like that um even whenever taylor and jeff were both on guitar it was never like one somebody's a rhythm somebody's a lead it was kind of like switch back and forth and just do whatever feels uh, i guess feels right or feels good in the moment so Play your position, that type of thing, you know. Do your job. There you go. <laughs> uh, so kind of a, another question I always ask everybody who comes on, because I'm very curious of uh, the response. Um, what are you guys like watching, listening, reading these days? Is there any content, you know, individually you're excited about? Hmm. I just finished uh, Better Call Saul. 
a month oh, or two ago. Good so, stuff. Good show. It was really good. Jeff yeah. hasn't seen I it. I don't want it yet. I don't have any spoilers, but <laughs> it was really good. I, I still kind of feel like uh, we've been, I've been having to watch a bunch of trash TV right now to sort of fill the void. You know, I don't want anything too serious, but I do feel like I'm missing, like missing that good show. So watching a bunch of trash TV actually right Dude, now. Out of the whole band, and I don't know about you, Jeff, I might be wrong on this. I think out of the band, I think Rod probably listens to the most random music in the sense like I'm a creature of habit. I just listen to the same stuff over and over for years. And then every couple of years I find a new band and get really into them. But for the most part, I'm a creature of habit. I'll go in the car with Rod and he'll be like, hey, dude, I found this random band from Detroit. They're really <laughs> sick. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty sick. Sludge Pepper? I've never yeah. heard of Sludge Pepper. <laughs> yeah, Rod's really good at finding new music. And Jeff, you find some new music too. Yeah, I'm I'm hard to please. Like I Like, I like what I like. And I usually go in cycles as far as music goes. It's like, well, this month it's Fallout Boy. Then we're oh no, nah, it's System. Now it, you know, it, it usually changes. Uh, but like new stuff, I like I mentioned earlier, I love Oliver Tree. I, uh, I, I when I first found out who he was, I was like, ah, look at this guy. And I got on one of his videos with the intention to hate it. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, okay, that's kind of catchy. And then it's still like, uh. I don't play it in the in the in the truck for these guys because I don't want to. You know, it's a. I can understand if you don't like it, but like as far as new music, yeah, like Oliver Tree. That's the only new new music I've really been listening to. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but we're gonna go see Calm Trues on Saturday. Yeah, Calm Trues Saturday. That'll be well, cool. It's weird because like I don't really watch I don't really watch TV or anything like that. I mostly just listen to music, and so like on Spotify, there's that choice that's just like discover weekly or something so it'll be like just random bands and so that's where i get a lot of my new music from and then like charlie crockett country artist my brother just wants all out huh? yeah and he says charlie good. crockett is amazing and then uh sg goodman i've been listening to her a lot and yeah i just find random stuff to listen to and i'm like i like this you know, we were talking about pop punk bands from the two thousands, and if I want to be honest about what I've been listening to just this week, uh, a very underrated one that they kind of got shafted because they're <laughs> religious, and I'm not religious, so it's not I'm not coming from that perspective. But Reliant K, their record, oh. mm -hmm. dude, it's a it's a pop punk masterpiece, and like you can you can listen really good. you can listen to it from a non religious perspective and still take some like you know they they're talking about some good stuff in there about being honest to yourself and the people around you. And I just like the fact that it's almost like a double-sided record. You could listen to it as a Christian, or you can listen to it from a secular point, and you can still take stuff from it. Uh, so that's what I've been on, and I just think they were really underappreciated for their time. I saw them with Simple Plan and Good Charlotte at the Farmer's <laughs> Market. Oh, let's go. Yeah, if I recall, Simple Plan talked shit on us. Oh, yeah, they said, all y'all smell like uh, cow shit. And it's like, dude, we're at the rodeo. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the rodeo. Yeah, at the fairgrounds. Jeez. Uh, Okay. Yeah, so we don't know how to read, so no books or anything. <laughs> now, I've, I've been I've been trying to get back. I'm on uh, God Emperor Dune. I'm trying to finish that those six books off, but after going through the first three, it's just so much that I keep telling yeah. myself I want to have a buffer book or something in between there. But I'm just I haven't picked anything up. I have like seven books I need to read. That always seems to be the case. But <laughs> I just bought I just bought a, a, a the Running Man. By Stephen King, so I, I was wanting to check that one out, but you ever see the movie? Yes, that's why I wanted. I didn't know. I didn't know it was a book, so I was like, oh, "We better check that out." I uh, the only thing I read is like uh, 
plant stuff. I have like a the Jadam, like organic farming book. That's like the only thing I read. So like, how do how do they make this? How do they make this uh concoction? How can I mess up this ferment? You know? He's got great tomatoes. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, I do. Love it. Very well rounded. Yes. Um, you you guys kind of already answered this next question, but I definitely want to ask it to kind of just give you a chance to plug anything. Um, you mentioned you might have another album coming out maybe next year, maybe sooner. You're also doing some touring in Denver soon. Any other shows, anything like that you want to plug? August 12th, uh, Beer City Music Hall, downtown OKC. Good uh, emo karaoke night. Uh, and that should be a lot of fun. We're also doing the uh, Art Walk in Norman. That's Ooh. September, I think September 8th, it's the Friday. Um, so that's going to be at the Yellow Dog uh, Coffee. We're going to do, we don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're going to do something. Yeah, we're doing something. We're going to do something. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be different than your normal, you know, turn it up to 11 type show. So Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, we got the Denver and Pueblo show this Friday. We're playing the Opolis. We're doing uh, an acoustic set because Rod uh, can't make it. So that will be interesting in itself. That'll be uh, fun, yeah. But yeah, I think that covers most of the shows coming up. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, we're we're currently in the studio now working on something. So just whenever that timetable happens, it will happen. It's 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 going to be an EP, probably not a full length. So, uh, but yeah, no, I'm. We got a we got a lot of stuff for that project already in motion. So, just Excellent. whenever it all lands. Sure, and sort of a follow up to that is. Um, if if listeners of the show, if they want to keep up with you guys, if they want to find your music or find a show, how can how can folks keep uh, keep track of you guys? You know, social media, website, anything like that you want to plug? Yeah, the in Instagram. It's just at Limp Wizards. It's a uh, W I Z U R D Z. We can spell limp, but we can't spell wizards. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, TikTok, yeah, same thing. TikTok, limp wizards. Same, uh, same on Twitter. Twitter. Um, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, if you want actual, like, information on shows and stuff, probably the Twitter or the Insta. Pick your poison there. And then if you just want um, just kind of random ridiculousness, that's the that's the TikTok. So. Then, of course, all the music on Bandcamp, Bandcamp and Spotify. Spotify yeah. Nice. Okay. And YouTube. Yeah, yeah. we got some, cool, some, stuff some cool stuff on YouTube. Cool stuff on YouTube. Yeah, whatever. We're just, on Apple. We're on Apple Music too. Just whatever. Just you know, look us up on everything. Go there's a video of me. Stuff we got. There's a video of me throwing up on YouTube. I won't tell you which video. You just have to go watch all of them and you'll find <laughs> it. It's on our page. So. <laughs> all right, there you go. So I will make sure to include links uh, in this podcast. There'll be links to everything just mentioned, so you can find. Uh, you can find their music, you can find them on social, but thank you again uh, to Limp Wizards for joining me today. Thank you to Frankie, to Jeff, Taylor, uh, and Rodrigo. You guys are awesome. Um, you know, this makes episode 81 of Knowledge Brew Supreme. Uh, wow. I am your host, Dr. John Chanson. Yeah, let's go. I'm trying to get to 100 episodes. That means I'm only 19 episodes away from reaching that goal Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, please share, subscribe, review. Be good, be safe, and peace out.